3: What's going on? John Schaefer with you here. Wrap up show presented by Higher Impact Financial. Uh, Just talked about this on the radio for the last 45 minutes. Figured I'd spend another 30, 40 minutes talking about it with Aztec fans, with College Hoop fans right now. So, whether you're here live or on replay, there is a lot to discuss. Would love to hear from you. You can comment in the live chat if you're here on replay, if you wouldn't mind commenting. Down below, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this one. San Diego State and Colorado State, both now 16-5. and Aztecs had that furious second half comeback, only to see Colorado State respond. It was a really interesting game, and there's a lot of different angles that we can take with it, and we will. So if you're new here, um, this is a new channel, relatively speaking. Got it off the ground in the summer of 2023. If you would not mind subscribing, I would appreciate that. It's a great way to support my work. So please subscribe if you are here. If you wouldn't mind smashing the like button for me, Follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. Also, if you want to make sure I get your chat here tonight, your comment, you can do a super chat. That's a good way to support the channel. Click the dollar sign below the chat box. If you want to become a member, get emojis and badges, custom emojis and badges. You can do that as well by clicking join down below. So let's get started. 79-71, San Diego State falling tonight at Moby to a motivated Colorado State team that had to have this game. I know nobody wants to hear that. Um, It is a true statement. It's the third consecutive road game in the league where San Diego State was facing a team with its back against the wall. I know it's cliche, but New Mexico was coming off a loss to UNLV. They needed that game at home, and they won it to their credit. Boise State was coming off a home loss to UNLV. They needed that game, and they won it. And here tonight, Colorado State Blowing an eleven-point lead with fifty-two seconds to play in Wyoming, I mean, it's it's unbelievable, is what it is. They lost four of six. They were in danger of being on the bubble. I think if they lost this game, shoot, they could have been on the wrong side of some bracketologist bubble. If they didn't win this game, they would have been three and five in the league, and they were motivated. They started fast, and give them credit for finding a way to win a game that they just absolutely had to win. And now San Diego State coming up Saturday against Utah State is going to be in a spot where, you know, if you want to win a regular season title. If you want to avoid a losing streak for the first time in forever, the Aztecs will need to beat a nationally-ranked Utah State team at Viejas Arena. Um, regarding the game, obviously San Diego State coming off a, a weak um, layoff and did not get off to a good start. I'm, and, you know, and I'm not sharing anything that everyone doesn't already know. Um, Colorado State led 13-2. They led 21-7. Finally, San Diego State got themselves into this game with the bench. And Brian Dutcher talked with Ted about this a little bit post game. I mean, the starters, you know, came out those first six or seven minutes and, you know, they were shell-shocked a little bit by the environment, by Colorado State, um, by, you know, they just didn't play well. There were some turnovers. I think turnovers are a big part of this game. San Diego State coming off a game in which they had two turnovers against Wyoming, turns it over 15 times tonight. That's too many, obviously. Um, I thought the bench – played a pretty valuable role specifically miles bird um, during a first half run and maybe during a second half run as well for the Aztecs miles Heidi played a ton of minutes in this game 17 minutes uh, Darion Tremel played 21 minutes he was only one of eight from the floor Jay Powell I'm not sure if it had to do with elevation played only nine minutes in this game and you know for maybe the third consecutive game where San Diego State's playing on the road give a Mountain West team credit for doing everything they could to take Jaden out of a game. I mean, he had two points in the first half. on just four field goal attempts um, officiating is always a story. So I'm not saying that it was not a story. And there were like no foul calls in this game after we've seen games with a million foul calls, but you know, Colorado state, you know, to its credit and Jaden Ledea is not getting to the free throw line now, like he was in the non-conference. I mean, that's just a fact. There were games in the non-conference he was getting to the free throw line, like 18, 20 times. I go back to that Washington game. In Vegas, but now it's everyone's primary focus. I mean, what do they need to do to take him out of the game? And tonight's a classic example of that. I mean, he scores 13 points. He had 11 points in the second half. He had just 11 field goal attempts. He was six of 11 from the floor. So he did have 13 points, seven rebounds, two assists, playing a team high 33 minutes. But, you know, was that, you know, what you'd expect, obviously, out of Jaden? Well, a lot of that is a credit to Colorado State in the way they're defending him and they're asking others to, you know, if, if, if an opponent's going to get beat by San Diego State, they're looking for someone other than Jaden to be the one to beat, um, you know, to, to beat them. And I thought we did see the Aztecs counter. Reese Waters really good, seven of nine from the floor, three of three from beyond the arc. Lamont Butler at times was unbelievable in this game. He took over in that midway mark of the second half. Now he did tweak his ankle, by the way. He sprained his ankle, per Brian Dutcher post game with Ted. He stayed in the game. Hopefully, he'll be all right. Hopefully, close to one hundred percent Saturday because. He's really turning a corner here. 16 points, five rebounds, four assists. Yes, he had four turnovers, a couple of early turnovers as well. But Butler was a big part of the charge there in the second half. So that's a long way of me saying that despite everything, I mean, the Aztecs trailed 21-7. They could have been blown out early. They could have trailed by 20 points midway through the first half. They managed to make it an eight-point game at the intermission somehow. So they get to the break. It's an eight-point game. They immediately go back down 10 or 12. Make a run, gets within three. Colorado State stretches it out. Then the Aztecs played their best basketball. There was that six-minute stretch, you know, just in my head. I'm thinking about a six-minute stretch, turning CSU over, hitting some transition threes, Lamont Butler pull-up jumper, 7.30 to play, all of a sudden you look up, and the Aztecs have their only lead of the game, 61-60, and Colorado State was forced to use a timeout. The game then completely turned. um, And I credit Colorado State more than I you know, discredit San Diego state. Here's why. And I saw it on the text line when I did my radio show earlier and I've seen it on social media. Oh, why did Lamont Butler come out of the game? Why did, you know, Elijah get back into the game? Why was Micah back in there? Um, you know, these players didn't, you know, weren't as impactful as others, but you're playing at elevation. And these guys were truly winded. I mean, if you saw Lamont after he made that pull-up jumper was seven and a half minutes to go, you knew he was coming out of the game. He was bent over at the waist. He had nothing left to give. So You have to play your rotation at elevation. You cannot play everyone 38 minutes at elevation. You know, it's kind of pick your poison. You either use your bench, even if it hasn't been as effective as some other players, and I thought the bench had some effectiveness here tonight and really has throughout conference play, or you just allow players to be gassed to stay out there. But that's not really serving its purpose either. So – You know, this is also cliche, but, I mean, they used a lot of energy to get back into this game three times, from down 21-7 to make it a three-point game to, again, early second half, make it a three-point game to then take a lead 61-60. It's hard to win on the road. We know that. Against good teams, this league is as good as it's been in forever. All of these teams are highly motivated. All of these teams need these home games because you know how hard it is to win on the road. So if you're not winning at home, can you steal one – You know, if you're not winning at home, can you still win on the road? The answer for Colorado State is no. They're 0 4 on the road in the Mountain West this year. They're 4 0 now at home in the league. They're 11 1 at home. They're a very good team. They were as high as number 13th in the AP poll. Their metrics have been very good all year. At one point in the teens, they've slipped back a little bit here recently with some of these losses and some of these close calls like that home game against Air Force. But make no mistake, I mean, Isaiah Stevens is a top caliber player, not just in the conference, but in the country and can. You know, single handedly take over games. And they've got great weapons. This is among the most efficient offenses in the country. And at home, specifically, it's a top three, four, five efficient offense in the country. And yes, Colorado State shot 54%, which is a big number. But with all that being said, Aztecs hit 10 threes in this game. They outscored Colorado State from beyond the arc by nine points. But Colorado State got to the free throw line 22 times. San Diego State just seven. That's a little surprising. The Aztecs only getting there seven times. Again, I didn't think it was the difference Colorado State or San Diego State, or, or the officiating. But I didn't think it was the difference, the officiating, in this game. I thought there were a number of things. I think San Diego State was too sloppy. Brian Dutcher saying, post game we made too many mistakes, a couple of turnovers after taking a 61-60 lead, leading to easy baskets for Colorado State. You know They didn't look fully crisp, and I think some of that is because Colorado State and the environment and the elevation. And some of it is maybe just because it's basketball, and the ball doesn't always match your way. And not everything went perfectly here tonight. And they did everything in their power to overcome it, and they just couldn't. They just could not overcome it here tonight. If they would have found a way to win this game, and, you know, they were seven and a half minutes away from doing it, essentially, even though they only led in this game for seconds, I mean, literally seconds, 61 to 60. I mean, if they would have won this game, they would have completely stolen it out of a hat. I mean, it would have been a a grand larceny. It would have been a theft. It would have been remarkable. And that's a credit to the Aztecs. I mean, they really you know, they they'll play for 40 minutes. Look at Boise state that late comeback in the final 30 seconds. I mean, very rarely are they out of a game. I think it's happened one time this year in New Mexico in the final, you know, eight or 10 minutes of the game, but that's basically the only time it has happened all year long for SDSU. So give Colorado state credit, San Diego state. Um, Do they need to be perfect to win the mountain West regular season? I don't think they need to be perfect. Do they need to, you know, potentially have something like an eight and two or nine and one finish. Yeah, probably. I'm not overly worried. I said this on the radio. Um, I'm not losing sleep right now over the regular season Mountain West standings. What I'm losing sleep over is making sure this team continues to improve and avoids landmines and avoids losing streaks and finds a way to come back home Saturday and beat Utah State. That's all that really matters right now. I can't look past that. I mean, you know how big of a game it is. And Utah State is playing some of the best basketball in the country and is stealing road games, which has been hard to do in the league Um, literally stole a game at UNLV with a five-point play about two or three weeks ago, go to Boise, win in overtime last weekend. They are good and they are capable and they are motivated and they are hungry. I mean, they're just, it's almost like a snowball effect. I mean, once you get off to a record like Utah state has right now, whatever it is, 18 and two, um, they won tonight. Uh, They were at home against San Jose state. They won by 21 points. They're 19 and two and seven and one in the mountain West. So it's going to take, as good of an effort as the Aztecs have played this year to win the game. It's as simple as that because Utah state's not rolling over when they're winning every time they take the floor. So they're going to believe that they can win this game, despite the fact that they've never won a Viejas in the Mountain West era. The Aztecs are nine and zero, So this is, this is the thing I've circled. Can you avoid the losing streak? Something that San Diego state does remarkably well under Brian Dutcher. And can you win at home where the Aztecs have not lost here this year, but regular season standings, it's too early for that. I, you know, I think the aspects of the Aztecs have larger aspirations than that as well. Of course, you want to win a regular season title. Of course, you want to win a Mountain West tournament title. But of course, you also want to put yourself in a position where you're seated well and or make the NCAA tournament and have a chance to win once you get into March Madness. So tonight, again, the Aztecs fall 79-71 around the league. Number 17, Utah State, again, by 21. A uh, great Asabor, What a story he is. 31 points tonight. Um, in that win Wyoming winning on the road Wyoming is 5 and 3 you look up and Wyoming is 5 and 3 that's their first road win in the conference and they've got an identical record to the Aztecs in the Mountain West at 5 and 3 i think it's probably encouraging the Aztecs don't have to go there considering Wyoming i think is 7 and 1 or 8 and 1 at home now this year UNLV is leading Fresno State by 9 early second half in Vegas at the Thomas and Mack but who knows um UNLV so Helter skelter they should win this game they've got a 10 point lead right now 43 33 if that holds, they'll be four and four in the league. Colorado State is also four and four in the league, so everything's bunched up. But it's early; we're still, we haven't even reached the turn in the Mountain West in the regular season, right? These teams haven't yet played nine games. Some teams have played seven and eight. So we'll get to the turn after Saturday for San Diego State, and then we'll look up after you know a road trip to Air Force and um, and Nevada and see where the Aztecs are, but. You know, right now it's more about breaking down what happened here tonight and looking ahead to the game against Utah State coming up on Saturday at twelve thirty. You got to get there. By the way, be there early. Be there loud. Uh, crowds make a difference, as we know for San Diego State. Viejas is one of the great home court environments in the country. Yeah, maybe it's going to rain over the next couple of days. You got to find a way to get there on Saturday because it's it's as big of a game as the Aztecs have played this year. I don't know if it's a must win, but it's as close to a must win as you're going to find on a Saturday, February third in this league. Because if you don't win it, you're back to the road for two more games and things get very, very tricky potentially if the Aztecs don't win the game. So there's all kind of, you know, I, I'm not saying it's all overreaction. I think some of it's very legitimate and fair. And I just did a 45-minute show on the radio and there's criticism of, you know, Micah Parrish and Elijah Saunders and coaching and everything. I mean, there's criticism of, of everything and, and fans have a right to voice their opinion and be critical I would just say this San Diego state was an underdog in this game by about three points when the line closed, Colorado state needed it. Just like San Diego state needed it not to make excuses for it, but it's like this idea that they're just supposed to just waltz into these road venues with this target on their back and win going away. It's not going to work like that this year in the league. And the Aztecs have been nicked up and I don't know if Jaden was hundred percent or not. I have no idea. Maybe we'll find out later in the week. I do know he missed four days because of food poisoning, and then goes to elevation. And that could have been an impact, maybe not. It may not might not have been an impact in this game. Um, and some of this, by the way, is a credit to Colorado State's game plan and their desperation and their hunger after what happened to them Saturday in Laramie when they lose the border war after blowing an 11-point lead inside a minute to play. So, again, some good, some bad, obviously, are the takeaways I would say tonight as San Diego State falls to Colorado State 79 to 71, I thought Brian Dutcher summed it up really well. And obviously, Dutch was frustrated with his team. I mean, he he threw a whiteboard or broke a whiteboard at some point in the first half. And I thought the team responded to it. I really did. Um, the, you know, after it's 13 2, four minutes into the game, and the Aztecs outscore Colorado State the rest of the way. I mean, that's not good enough for a win. There are no moral victories. It's just the truth. Or it's 21 7, eight minutes in, and the Aztecs outscore uh, Colorado State by four the rest of the way. Again, there are no moral victories, or actually by six the rest of the way. But that's just that's the way it transpired. And it's tough to win on the road when you're trying to overcome deficits and climb that hill all night long, which is basically what San Diego State was trying to do. So let me get to some of this chat again as you make your way in, guys. If you wouldn't mind subscribing, I really do appreciate that. Whether you're here live or on replay, if you wouldn't mind smashing the like button for me, I'm gonna tell you coming up as well about our title sponsor, Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. If you're looking for a financial planner, I actually met with Eric today and he was super, super helpful. If you're looking for a free Financial consultation, get in contact with uh, a San Diegan and a longtime Aztec fan, Eric Lanier, at Higher Impact Financial. I'll tell you more about him coming up uh, in a handful of minutes. All right, let me get to some of these comments, um, and I'll do my best to to react as appropriately and mild-mannered as possible. Uh, Pontius fan says, Saunders is horrible, absolutely horrible, not a good shooter, no inside game, too slow to help on defense, bad rebounder, he should not be starting and getting so many minutes. He played the same number of minutes as Miles Heidi tonight, by the way. And uh, I think he played 17, 17 or 18 minutes in this game. Uh, Jay Powell only played nine minutes. So I don't know about Powell's availability. Obviously Saunders started the season really well and had some big moments. I think probably is the difference between winning or losing one or two non-conference games in the early going seasons are long. Um, you know, I don't think it was a perfect game for any Aztec, to be honest here tonight, but to say he's horrible. I don't think he's horrible. I don't think that's accurate. I mean, is there room for improvement? I'm sure he would tell you that. I'm sure the coaching staff would tell you that about every single player on this team um but where else are you turning i mean again you have to use a rotation especially at elevation jay Powell plays nine minutes in this game Jaden plays 33 minutes miles hidey played a ton of minutes so miles isn't playing 35 minutes and elijah saunders isn't playing 35 minutes so I, I don't really know who else you're really looking um to play potentially for san diego state is what i would say coming out of this um let's see here let's um, Kevin wants to know, is there, growing, is there a growing frustration with LaDee as he is being increasingly limited and in getting less calls? Curious if this led to his late game, flagrant one. I mean, is he getting frustrated? I'm sure he is. I, we, if you as a fan are getting frustrated with what you're seeing out there and he's not getting some of the calls that he got earlier in the year or he's not getting, having it go his way on the road like sometimes it goes at home, I'm sure he's frustrated. That's the job of Colorado State to make him frustrated. And even with all the frustration, it's not like this was some – Oh, my gosh, what happened to Jaden Game? I mean, 13.7 rebounds, 6 of 11 shooting is not the reason why San Diego State did not win this game. Now, they could not consistently get the ball inside. Credit to Colorado State. They could not. And then the Aztecs tried, you know, plan B and plan C. Reese Waters, Lamont Butler, um, you know, Micah and Darion attempted a good amount of threes. They wouldn't fall here tonight and it was hard to get the ball inside the paint simple as that it was very hard to get good touches deep in the paint tonight against CSU that's just a fact Don thank you it says Ladid drew tons of fouls in the non-conference and can't get any calls in conference or conference games called that different something isn't right I mean there's so many factors that go into officiating again I didn't think it was the end all be all the reason why they lost if someone disagrees with me let me know um should he have gotten to the free throw line more was he getting mugged at time? tonight? Yeah, he was. He absolutely should have gotten to the free throw line more. There wasn't a foul in this game until the under eight media timeout, I think. Either way. And the first foul whistled against CSU was with like five minutes to play in the first half. So something there isn't right. But then again, we can't have it both ways. We can play when there's a million fouls. And then we can play when there's no fouls. At some point, you just got to play. And you just have to overcome. And that's what the Aztecs routinely do. They win close games. They overcome. Historically, they win on the road. Even this year, they got three road wins. And I look at you know, like the top 20 in the net. It's not like everyone's got six, seven road wins. There's teams with two. There's teams with four. Aztecs, someone brought this to my attention. I saw it on social media. Uh, Julian Delgado, who does TV here locally. And his point was valid, but I wanted to provide perspective. He said the Aztecs fall to two and five in quad one. And I'm like, yeah, it's accurate. And this is nothing. You know, Julian's a really good reporter and anchor. But my point is this. They haven't played a quad one home game. They're two and five with six road quad one games and a neutral. I think that's right. Six road quad one games, a victory Gonzaga, five losses. All the good opponents, especially at home. CSU is 11-1 and at home. And a neutral against St. Mary's. And they're playing great basketball right now in the WCC. These teams are still coming back. It doesn't mean you're going to beat them, but these teams are coming here. New Mexico's coming here. Utah State's coming here. Boise, Colorado State, they're all coming here. So what do the Ice Techs do? Um, you know, when these teams get to Viejas Arena is gonna tell us a lot, obviously, in the final month or so of the regular season. Gustavo, what's going on, man? Hi, John. Gustavo from Tijuana. Thank you, Gustavo. Appreciate you hanging out. By the way, um, and obviously, um, Gustavo with you know, um, Gustavo writing this in English obviously is an English speaker. But what I've decided to do here recently, because I have the ability in my software, I'm doing it with John and Jim on the radio and um, with the wrap up show here, is to the best of my ability, I'm taking, I'm putting subtitles after the fact in both English and Spanish. So you don't have to be with audio on, you could just be watching whether it's English or Spanish, but I am putting subtitles on in both English and Spanish after the fact for listeners and viewers alike. So hopefully that's a benefit to someone out there because I'm taking a few minutes to do it. So hopefully that is a benefit. You just remind me of it because you're watching a TJ. He says, I'm impressed with the way miles bird has been developing throughout the season, but Saunders needs to sit on the bench and continue to learn and develop. He's not ready. Man bird has been a revelation blocks. And I mean, the two runs that San Diego state run made, you can credit or two of the three runs they made. I give a lot of the credit to Miles Bird, that quick 10-0 spurt or 8-0 spurt in the first half where he had the steal and the slam, a couple of blocks in the second half, the energy that he plays with. He's a really good player. He's just scratching the surface. He didn't even play last year, by and large, couple of games, and he's been nicked up a little bit this year. But, man, I am really impressed by Miles Bird, and I've loved watching his development throughout the course of this year. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Don agrees. Uh, Steve says they won't win on the road as long as Ladie doesn't get a fair shake from the officials. I mean, yeah, you got to get a fair whistle to win. I mean, they've won at Gonzaga. They've won at San Jose State in a close game. I mean, UCSD was crazy, obviously, came down to the wire. I mean, against Boise State, right? It was a tie game with what, two minutes left or three minutes left here tonight? Tie game with seven minutes left. I understand what you're saying, Steve. I mean, officiating matters. But again, this wasn't one of those classics like there was a game against Colorado State a couple of years ago where Matt Bradley was mugged with like a second to play and they didn't call foul and they lost by one. I mean, that's where you can literally say the officiating cost the Aztecs a game. You can literally say it. I I don't think we can say that here tonight, you know? Uh, Steven wants to know for as strong as he is, Ladi gets tied up so much. Why? I mean, obviously he's drawing doubles and anytime he's putting that ball on the floor or trying to kind of lower that shoulder or keep, or anytime that ball's low, I mean, they're, they're scratching and clawing for it and they're trying to get in there. Um, and some teams have had some success with that, right? He was tied up maybe – I don't know. How many times was he tied up tonight? One? Maybe two. Um, but, yeah, he's been tied up a little bit because, again, he's drawn that hard double. And if he can't get rid of it immediately, he's putting himself in a position where, he, yeah, he has been tied up a couple of times. Um, yeah, and I'm, I mean, again, to Rich's point, it's of course it's not all Saunders, and, of course, it's not all Parrish. And people are going to tell me, well, Parrish is minus 32 in this game. Okay. It's one game. Um, so, I mean, first of all, there's a zillion coincidences in something like that, because also um, I think Trammell was one of eight from the floor in this game. and He was plus 16 or Heidi, you know, didn't score in this game, but he he put his imprint on it. I think he was plus 16. You can't get enamored with one game plus minus. I'll bring it up, but it looks good. I mean, Jay Palace had some good plus minuses, but I'm going to be like, hey, because Micah Parrish was minus 32, he cost them the game. Or because Darian Tremel was one of eight from the floor, he cost him the game. It doesn't work like that. There's five players on the floor. There's a million circumstances that go into it. Um, Adam wants to know if I think Dutch is overthinking this game. I feel like some of the subs are at horrible times and destroyed our momentum. No, I don't. I really don't think he was overthinking anything. I, I saw some criticism. Why didn't he take a timeout sooner? I don't I don't think that was a factor. I mean, so they they take a timeout at 13-2 as opposed to, but could have taken it at 11-2. 9 2. I mean, does that change anything? Honestly, like, the, honestly, taking a timeout five minutes into the game as opposed to six minutes into the game, does that change anything when they later take a lead? I don't know. And the substitutions, I mean, the one I point to, I don't know if I've mentioned it here on the radio. This, hey, Lamont came out after like carrying San Diego State to a 61 60 lead. He literally had to come out of the game. Like, he had to come out of the game. He was like, I mean, I, I haven't seen him like that really. Playing at elevation, playing at 100 plus percent bent over at the waist, giving it his all, playing 30-plus minutes in this game, he had to sit. And if he didn't sit, I don't know what kind of impact he would have made for them from that point forward. So like I said earlier, it's pick your poison. You either use your rotation and trust it, or you kind of die with the idea of you got to play everyone 38 minutes that's impactful for you because you, you can't do that. And Aztec fans have been telling me, that you can't play everyone 38 minutes and expect to win on the road. And then when guys play 30 minutes on the road, they say, why didn't Lamont play more? Or why didn't whomever play more? You can't really have it both ways, you know? Uh, Let's see. I don't get enamored with this. We've talked about this a lot, Adam. I don't get carried away at all with who starts. And Brian Dutcher has spoken to this point as well. Starting, I mean... It, you know, you, you see starters come out within the first two minutes. I mean, oftentimes Darian Trammell is going to be at the scores table before the 16 minute media timeout, for example. Finishing matters in close games. Who's on the floor when impactful plays are being made with the game in the balance? And we've seen Jay Powell on the floor a lot. We've seen Elijah at times on the floor late. But starting to me, like, of all the sports, it's not like baseball. So you start and you're going to get likely three, four at bats or football. Like, it's a quarter. You're not, you know, you're not starting a quarterback and then changing them for the second drive. Maybe you do that in college football a little bit, but not in the NFL. I mean, it doesn't matter. We've seen Elijah Saunders start and play less minutes than someone like Darian Tramiel off the bench. So the whole starter thing to me, and I've heard people comment on this throughout Brian Dutcher's tenure. I I think people get way too carried away with it. I think, and people are like, Oh, you know, he won't make changes with the starting lineup. And that has been costly. I don't see it like that. I think guys being comfortable in their roles has value. And just because Elijah starts doesn't mean he's going to play more minutes than anyone. And he played the same number of minutes today as Miles Hyde. Um, And then Adam says, Dutch's strategy liberally was the main reason we lost this game. I don't, I don't see it like that. I mean, if there's a specific example, Adam, you want to bring to my attention, I'll, I'll definitely comment on it. I respect your opinion. I do. I, I just I don't see it like that. Um, Miguel says, Saunders single-handedly was the reason Colorado State went on an 8-0 run. I'd have to look back, Miguel, but thank you for the comment. Um, and I'm with you on this, Rich. I really am. I'm with you on that. Um, so he's saying, okay, whenever someone got hot, Dutch took him out. I mean, again, I'd have to watch back at him, but there's so many factors that go into that. I mean, someone gets hot, but if they played eight consecutive minutes at elevation, you can't just leave them out there and expect them to be good at both ends. Right. Isn't that fair? Don't most people agree with that. Just because someone has a good four minute stretch, doesn't mean you leave them out there for the next nine minutes. Like that's, that's more of a rarity than anything else, specifically on the road. You have to be able – they basically used nine. Now, a year ago they used nine and had like you know four starters coming off their bench. This year has been different, but they're getting meaningful minutes from their bench. We can all agree, right? Darion, meaningful minutes from the bench this year. Miles Bird, the way he's played here recently. Miles Heidi, um, playing 17, 18 minutes in this game. Jay Powell's been good a lot for this team. Again, didn't have a huge role, I would say, here today. I don't know if elevation was a factor or not. All right. Let me get back to the chat in a moment. Uh, While we have a moment, I do want to remind you again about the title sponsor here on The Wrap-Up Show, my friend Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. I met with Eric today. He is a terrific, terrific financial advisor and planner. If you've got any financial questions, set up a free, absolutely free 15-minute consultation with Eric by clicking the link in the description down below. I mean, he was terrific for me and my family today. Just terrific. Asking every meaningful question. And he's really helping out, I mean, in the short, medium, and long term, whether it's retirement, whether it's the here and now, um, the way to properly file taxes, questions related to taxes, and just everything under the sun. It's not my forte forte or specialty. It is Eric's. So if you are a San Diegan or someone that supports, um, again, this channel, please get in contact with Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. He is a great financial planner. He's going to set up a free 15-minute consultation with you, and he can get your family on better financial footing. Simple as that. He's doing it for my family. He can do it for yours. Click the link in the description down below. Get in contact with my longtime friend and great financial advisor and planner, Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. Um, Okay, let's see here. Let me have a sip of uh, Diet Coke, if you wouldn't mind. I'm like addicted. I have this weird addiction to Diet Coke and kombucha. Um, man. All right. Where were we? Please subscribe, by the way. If you're here, live or on replay, please subscribe. Um, if you're looking for the podcast-only edition of The Wrap-Up Show, click the link down below as well. Maybe you're on the go. You don't want the video. You just want the audio. Click the link in the description down below. Adam says, "Still feel Butler could have stayed in either way. Not sure why we go with Saunders over Powell. This guy transferred here to play for one year. We never play him. He brings energy. I don't know the circumstance of Powell tonight because he played nine minutes and he's typically played more than that. Elevation can be a factor. Like look at Kawhi Leonard, who struggled at elevation in his career in terms of minutes. It impacts everyone differently and it impacts them differently in every single venue and depending on the day. I don't know if that was a factor or not because I didn't ask Brian Dutcher questions post game, but it could have been potentially. I'm theorizing could have been a factor here tonight." Um, You know, I'd have to look at, like, conference play, Padres fan, if, in fact, that's accurate. Is Saunders playing more minutes than Powell in conference play? Someone look that up for us. If someone can do a quick, go to goaztex.com, click on stats, see if you can find conference stats. I, I don't know if that's accurate or not. Uh Don says just because is being game-planned for by other teams doesn't mean he isn't getting fouled the same amount he was in non-conference. He's getting fouled a ton. They just aren't being called. I think that's fair, Don. I think it's fair. And, you know, not every game, but, yeah, I think the last three road games specifically, yeah, he's not getting the whistle that he got previously. I do, I do think that's fair. Uh, Rich says he thinks Powell was ill. And, again, uh, maybe we'll get some clarification on that. Uh, Walter says they need to be better conditioned. They had a week off and can't play one game at altitude. Yikes. I mean, one game at altitude, its that's probably oversimplifying it. You're playing at altitude against one of the fastest, most efficient offenses in the country. So it's not like just like, hey, just suck it up and play. I mean, to be as efficient as Colorado State in that circumstance where they are used to it and you're not, the elevation matters. I mean, we could pretend like it doesn't. It's been talked about for 25 years with San Diego State coming from sea level in this league. Oftentimes they overcome it. Sometimes they do not. To pretend like it's not a factor I don't think is is fair. It's a factor. I'm not saying it's the difference. And I mean... Do we typically think the Aztecs aren't conditioned well? Has that been costly for them? That's something that we think has played out. Again, maybe you're playing at BYU, and in the final three minutes of a game, you've been worn down. That naturally occurs. You're at elevation against a good team with starters playing a lot of minutes. That happens, hence the usage of events. Uh, Kevin says the nature of the turnovers, not just a number, but the times in which they came and how they led to fast points for CSU was the biggest issue. Yeah, listen, I agree. I thought turnovers, they had too many of them. I mean, they're coming off a game with two turnovers. They had 15. Some of them were unforced and uncharacteristic. It led to 14 points off those 15 turnovers, which isn't a crazy number, but it's too high considering the circumstance. They probably could have held them to six or eight as opposed to 14. Maybe that's enough to win. San Diego State was even off turnovers. I mean, the Aztecs forced 10 scored 13 points, CSU forced 15, and scored 14 points. So Aztecs were minus one off turnovers. I just don't think, again, that wasn't the only factor. It was a factor, and I agree. I mean, especially early, the first four or five minutes, and that's why it's like would a timeout have done anything? You had a ball dribble off a foot. You had a pass go out of bounds. Um, You just had some uncharacteristic play in the first three or four minutes. I don't know if it was CSU feeding off the energy or San Diego State just not playing up to par. Whatever it was is what transpired um fast break points were 18 12 i'm sorry i was looking at second chance points thank you Stephen. 18 12 so yeah that's impactful that's impactful Stephen. we knew brian dutcher said heading into this uh fast break points could determine the winner of this game they wanted to play this game in the half court they probably prefer to play this game in the low 70s not the high 70s and they lose 79 71 and you're right i mean if you can hold them to 12 fast break points which was possible in a game like this if you if you were better uh, you know, with the basketball in terms of not turning it over, you probably could have held CS- CSU is going to get points in the, in the fast break. They're going to score a 10 points, 18, maybe that's a tick high, minus six, maybe not where you want it to be. Maybe you prefer to be, you know, closer to even, minus two. Um, so, yeah, that was absolutely a factor in this game. Like Rich said, I mean, this is the story. The story is not tonight as much as it is Saturday. And this is where the Aztecs traditionally are so good off losses, especially at home. They've got the long winning streak coming off losses when returning to Viejas Arena, and they just have to find a way on Saturday. Whether it's by 1 or 100, they need to, um, to find a way. That's what they need to do. Uh, it's amazing, Rich. Uh, I'll have to look it up. It's incredible. His February record is absolutely incredible. You know, not that the past is necessarily predicting the future, but, yeah, I mean, these teams, all of them under Dutch, Late in regular seasons, play some really good basketball. Really without exception. So we'll see if that happens this year or not. Um, they had a timeout, Padres fan, in the final eight minutes. I forget when they used it. They had a timeout in the final eight minutes. They used one. They, yeah, they used it when they went down 68-61 or 69-61. So they used it with four minutes to play, or something like that. Um, and they used two in the first half, but that's because they – Lamont used one inbounding as opposed to take a five seconds. So they used two in the first half. You'd prefer not to use two, but you're trailing. You're on the ropes. You're trying to stay in the game. I don't mind them using it to avoid a turnover and potentially give up points. I don't mind them using it there. Your point's valid. Uh, You'd prefer to have more timeouts late, but I I don't mind the way they use them tonight. I I really don't. I think people are overanalyzing the lack of a timeout in the first six or seven minutes and then – dem quote-unquote lacking timeouts late I, I just didn't think it was a factor did i miss the super chat earlier i think i did i'm trying to catch up there's a couple of super chats that have rolled in i appreciate it guys let me get to those right now um kevin thank you man appreciate your support of the channel guys if you are here please subscribe um those that have supported the channel by subscribing and liking and contributing with the super chats and becoming members really really appreciate it um so thank you for doing that if you're here on replay thank you for the super thanks it's a great way to support the channel as well so kevin thank you man Um, And he says, John, thanks for the measured analysis as always. I try to be measured and I understand fandom. And you guys know me. I mean, you know how passionate I am about San Diego State athletics. And sometimes it's hard to be measured and it's hard to be reasonable. And I understand that people want everything all the time. And that's the whole point of being a fan. And I respect it. And I appreciate it because I wouldn't be able to communicate with as many people if there weren't so many great Aztec fans that are out there. But, yeah, I try to be measured. I mean, the Aztecs were an underdog on the road and they lost. Would you like to win one of these? Yes. Will they need to win one of these to win the regular season title? Absolutely. Will they need to win one of these to improve their uh, stock for March Madness seeding-wise? And all, yeah, all of it's true. All of it's true. What's also true is the league's harder this year than it was a year ago. This is as good as the league has basically potentially ever been, and the target on San Diego State's back is as big as it's ever been. And the I-Sex, what's also true is they didn't play their best game tonight, and they were mistake-prone and turnover-prone at inopportune times. and They failed to capitalize once they got themselves back into the game and took the 61-60 lead. So some of that is a credit to Colorado State. Some of that um, is because San Diego State did not play as well as they're capable of playing. We didn't see San Diego State's A game tonight, and they lost. There are still A games coming, hopefully, for San Diego State, and hopefully we'll see one on Saturday. So thank you, Kevin. And thank you, TMAC, for the very generous super. Uh, He says, I appreciate your analysis. I give you credit for addressing the Internet coaches, yeah. I mean, if you if you listen to the wrap-up show on the radio, and again, I'm all for venting, but sometimes it goes too far. The coaching is horrible. This team is pathetic. They should cruise in games like this. I mean, guys, you're living on a different planet if you think the coaching is pathetic or the team is horrible or they should win going away at New Mexico, Boise State, Colorado State, Nevada, Vegas, Utah State. It's not like that. I mean, consider it a power league, and look at what happens in power leagues. North Carolina tonight loses at Georgia Tech. Tennessee loses at home to South Carolina. Nobody's going 15-3 and three in this league, and I think that includes Utah State. Maybe one team loses three or four times, and then you have four teams maybe with five or six losses in the league. That's just the nature of the league because the league is good. It's not that San Diego State isn't good. It's that the league is good, and it's hard to win on the road regardless of that fact. Um, and he says, okay, give you credit for addressing the Internet coaches. If San Diego State is not perfect, they get harshly criticized. The Mountain West is just much better this year. Spot on, T-Mac. And, and that doesn't mean – it's like two things can be true. The league is good and improved, and San Diego State did not play its best basketball game here tonight. Both of those things can be true, and that's not hard to say. And we can just kind of respect that fact and see what happens Saturday against Utah State, this team that's absolutely rolling – and believes that they're good because they are good. They're 19-2, and and they're winning on the road, and they're one of the talks of college basketball. And San Diego State needs to defend home court Saturday. And if they do, they're in the spot you hope them to be in. And if they don't, they're going to need to do some work on the road next week. Simple as that. And that's why Saturday is so critically important, really both ways. All right, so thank you guys for the Supers. I'll get to all of the Super Chats here today. Um, appreciate the, the comments in the chat. Appreciate the Super Chats. If you want to contribute the Super, just click the dollar sign below the chat box. Um, let me get to a few more. I'm just kind of scrolling through here. Um, so, yeah, like Adam says, I mean, the blueprint is take LaDee out of the game. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we've all seen that, Adam. You know, I, I think that's that's reasonable, especially on the road. I didn't think tonight, like taking Laddie out, took the Aztecs out. Like, I thought Reese Waters had a pep in his step. I thought Lamont had the same thing, right? Like, I thought the guard play with Waters and Butler could have won this game for San Diego State, even without Jaden being vintage Jaden. So it's not like, by just shutting out Jaden, San Diego State had no shot. Like I'm watching back highlights right now on CBS Sports Network. Like it's it's 61, it's 62, 61 under seven minutes to play. It's 70 to 65 under three minutes to play. When, and honestly, we haven't even talked about it. The big shot in the game, and this has happened a couple of times against San Diego State on the road, is when they basically left Joel Scott uncontested from three late in the shot clock under three minutes to play. And he took a three. He had made seven all year and he goes two of three tonight, including that late shot clock three in a five-point game with about 250 to play, and he drills it. And if he misses it, San Diego State's got the ball down five with under three minutes to play, but he made it. And that's basketball, and that's what happened here tonight. And that was the biggest play or the biggest shot, I would say, for Colorado State here tonight. Um, Let's see here. Hmm. Trying to catch up. I'm just catching up in the chat, guys. Yeah, I heard this, Rich. Rich was listening post-game. Um, San Diego Sports 760. No, by the way, we'll have much more on this tomorrow. Hope you can join us on San Diego Sports 760, John and Jim, available on YouTube. Search for John and Jim uh, 760, or find it on the free iHeart Radio app. Um, and Rich says Dutch told Ted that he just told them the game plan, no need for the early timeout. Like, yeah, when when Dutch didn't take a timeout, it I mean, tell me when you would have taken it. Nine, two? He ended up taking, I think, at 13-2 or eleven two. 2 So let, let's say you would have taken it a basket sooner, okay? But the timeout didn't change anything initially, if you recall. It then swelled to 21-7. So it's not like at 9-2 or eleven two 2 or 13-2 the game changed. It didn't. It swelled from there. So the timeouts aren't always the end-all, be-all or the answer. I understand people like to, Some coaches take them early. Some don't. Some think it stops momentum. Some don't. Again, you you can't circle any one thing in this game as the reason. That's what maybe is frustrating for fans. This isn't coming down to a single-player moment. It just didn't. It came down to a series of events that played out. A series of events that played out. You're welcome, Padres fan. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing it. Absolutely. I'm happy Happy to be the guy to, um, you know, feel free to vent. That's why I'm here. Seriously. Um... Kevin says, "Great timing for us to be playing Utah State and take the win Saturday and rocking Viejas, which will put us one game back. Need to win a Saturday nationally televised game is important for the program. Fox, nationally televised, twelve thirty. Get there early, get in your seats, and be loud like you always are. And again, you know that weather going to be. Everyone's going to be talking about the weather the next couple of days. And you get there, okay, and tell people to get there. And if someone can't get there, make sure they move their tickets." And give them to an Aztec fan, and make sure they're there because the crowd matters. And San Diego State feeds off the crowd of the Arena. I have seen it firsthand in the seven seasons I've been doing this. Who knows how many times? <laughs> I mean, fifty, including this year, at least a handful. So you are the difference. So anyone in here that you know is upset or venting or woe is me, get there and make a difference on Saturday because the team needs it. Um, Regular James LV, can you give a team grade for this game A to F, John? I I really can't. I mean, that's hard to say. I mean, they were a three-point dog. They lost by eight. I, I don't know. I, I guess probably – I think a lot of Aztec fans would tell you it's a below-average performance. I would tell you on the road, considering their fight in the second half, I think they get credit for that. Um, I think they wouldn't give themselves more than an average grade in this, would be my guess. And they they there are no moral victories for San Diego State. I, I don't care if they – get to a final four and lose to the top seed in the tournament. They're not going to feel good about losing. So there's no moral victories. And because it's San Diego state and because they're 16 and five, not five and 16. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they would tell you that they could grade better than they did in this game. Yeah. I mean, it's so amazing. I mean, and there's not a lot of this on social media, but I somehow ended up in a thread that I was tagged into and people were talking about like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not his biggest fan, but he's still got multiple losing seasons before he'd be. What are you talking about? Like, if anyone is, A, not the biggest fan of Brian Dutcher, you're misguided. Have you watched this play out over the last seven years? He's built one of the most successful programs in America with Steve Fisher, obviously. Coming off an amazing run and and talking about any type of change at any point in the future, even if you're talking two, three years from now, get out of here. And this thing is secure as secure can be. He'll be here as long as he wants. And I don't care how long it is. He'll be, here and he should be, and he's earned it. And the longer he's here, the better chance of success for San Diego State. Simple as that. You should want him here as long as possible. And any chatter about anything related to, oh man, uh, this coaching staff has really let me down, or this was a pathetic coaching performance, you are really misguided. You are really misguided. Um, I don't think so, Adam. They haven't gotten down early in games. When? At home, they race out to Leeds. On the road, New Mexico, and they lose by 20. It was tied, wasn't it, in the second half? Uh, Boise State the other night, they didn't get off to a slow start. What are the slow starts they're getting off to? Wyoming, they didn't play great, but, I mean, that was just a weird game. And that's a credit to Wyoming, right? Let's see here. I mean, it's like LL says, I agree on him. We need to change something. Bench Saunders and Star Pallert. Listen, I'm not saying you can't make a change. And the coaching staff has never said that. Roles will change based on performance. And you'll see that with minutes. You'll see that with how they run plays and who's playing in, in what circumstances and situation. So that, that that's completely reasonable. That's complete. I'm not saying you cannot make changes. I'm just saying that this idea that the starting lineup is why they're losing.
2: Eh,
3: that's a stretch. That's a stretch to me. But that's not what I said. Criticism is one thing. When you start saying the coaching staff is pathetic, or if they have a couple of losing seasons, here's what you know. Here's what I would consider. I mean, what are we talking about? I mean, but by the way, one national championship game is a pretty big deal. One national championship game. You, you know what I mean? Like that's not like. Just because a guy had one twenty win season, like you won five tournament games, including the top seed in the tournament. You played six like road games out East and took on all comers. So like, we, let's not discount this either. Let's not discount what they accomplished a year ago and just completely turn the page. Well, last year is last year. Okay. And then they're 16 to five. They're not five and 16, right? A couple more here guys. <laughs> and again, thank you for the interaction. Um, yeah, see Miguel thank you. like this isn't conference play because remember, Powell is not playing, and a new team right, new environment, new circumstance. He wasn't playing the first ten games. he's played a lot more the last ten, plus he's had the injury i mean had the had the injury as well, but yeah, Saunders is starting, and he is in top five in minutes, guys, and okay, so he is playing more minutes than Powell on the season, but we all knew that early, and he was deservedly. Still playing more minutes early because he was playing really good basketball. But what's played out over the last eight games? What's played out over the eight conference games? There's no way the disparity between Saunders and Powell's minutes in conference games is seven minutes per game. There's no way. Um, let's see. Yeah, I could filter fish. I'm with you, and that's fine. That's the right of a fan. I mean, I I overreact occasionally to things. It's hard to react in real time sometimes from my perspective trying to talk about it what matters what doesn't put things in perspective i understand frustration people the expectations have never been higher for san diego state's men's basketball program and they knew that heading into the year and i think they've dealt with the expectations pretty well and now they're taking on headwinds or whatever yeah headwinds because they're in a really good league and we knew it would be hard to win on the road brian dutcher's been preaching he's been saying that to anyone that would be listening over the last month or two it's going to be hard to win on the road in this league. And that's exactly what's um, transpiring. But I mean, yeah, I mean, when you make a national championship game and the expectation is to get back to one, then there's going to be a lot of overreactions in a regular season. And it's not a bad thing. It's because people are passionate and, you know, that's a good thing. I mean, San Diego state basketball is a huge deal in the city of San Diego. uh, And that's a great thing. That 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 is a great thing. So I'm with you. The criticism and the reaction and the fandom—that's all a good thing. The fandom is all a good thing. Sometimes is it overreaction? Probably, probably. Um, yeah. Ken Palm, San Diego State drops two. I'd expect something similar in the net. They're 24th in Ken Palm. CSU went up three spots to 37th. From a league perspective, this is probably good for the Mountain West for San Diego State. You want to win every single game, league be damned so to speak. I mean, the the Aztecs entered today 20th in the net, and Colorado State was 34th. My speculation is SDSU goes down eight-point loss. They'll go down one to three. They'll probably fall to 22nd, maybe 23rd, and Colorado State probably goes up two or three spots. They probably go from 34 to 32 or 31. I mean, this isn't moving heaven and earth stuff. And by the way, oftentimes you go down three, and then with an off day, you move up one. Or, you know, you go up three, and then with an off day, you go down one. This is not some 10-spot swing. This shouldn't be a five-spot swing. So the games that are actually more impactful, and I've said this a lot, are like at Fresno State, home against San Jose State, and at Air Force. Those are the games you cannot lose. Losing at Colorado State is not inexplicable or unbelievable or pathetic or whatever people want to say. The other games, which will not be easy, like at Air Force, at Fresno State, aren't like walk-in parks. but those are the metric-damaging games, potentially. Those are the games you need to avoid the setback in. I'm with you, Rich. Make sure to show up. And Adam, thank you, man. I enjoy it. I, I enjoy the conversation. I do. I get it. And every, everyone's saying reasonable things. Nobody's like completely off the rocker tonight in the chat. Everyone's opinions are valid. It's your opinion. So they're all, they're all valid. Nobody's gone completely off the rocker here tonight. Like Padres fan says, Yeah, show up whether you're mad or not. That, that's good. Um, yeah, Waters, you know, seven of nine. Um, he was unbelievable tonight. I just think that's a good thing. Like, I'm not all worried coming out of this. Like, why didn't Reese get 20 shots? Okay. Well, this Reese hadn't shot the ball like this because he was injured. And now he returns and looked quicker and looked more confident. And the shot fell for Reese Waters here tonight. So that, I think that's very good coming into um, Saturday. Um, what time is it, by the way? I probably need to run in a minute. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, thank you, GPA Tear. who says props to you, John, for two post games after a tough loss. Now easy to hear a disappointment from fans. Aztec community is lucky to have your insight and patience. Thanks, man. I'm here for you guys. Seriously, you know me. I'm here for you. It's not college basketball is a really interesting sport um and those of you that are here late at night or here on replay i mean you understand if you've been watching me for the last 50 minutes you're a college basketball fan it's unique sport i mean and the one-and-done format of the tournament of course you have to get there makes it truly unique and the teams that go 30 and one that lose in the first round and teams that go 30 and two that suffer a pandemic like san diego state or teams with 10 losses that make runs in the ncaa tournament you have to have a level of perspective and patience and understanding how to navigate seasons and how important the analytics and the metrics are and how unimportant i don't know if it's the right word or not sometimes our immediate reactions are the computers don't react like we react what matters is how they handle this loss how they deal with it on the other side like ll says we come here to vent it's our post games yeah exactly um yeah, I respect this, Kevin. I, I actually thought I'd catch flack for saying this both in the radio and on the uh, wrap-up show today, and that's fine. He says, I don't think we should downplay the importance of winning the conference championship. Hanging banners and leading the conference is huge. NCAA tournament is big, but have to hang conference banners. Hey, I'm all for it. I'm all for it, all things being equal. But if you asked me, this is like this: the Padres discussion, like do you want to win divisions or do you want to win in the playoffs? Divisions matter. Don't get me wrong. And Padres haven't won a lot of divisions. Aztecs have won a lot of conference championships. And they've won in the postseason like they did this past year. But, I mean, I think if you're giving people truth serum and you came in second place in the regular season but you won an extra NCAA tournament game, I think most people would take that, From being honest. We've got a lot of banners. There's a lot of Mountain West banners. There's a lot of tournament banners. There's a lot of NCAA banners. Um, making those moves in March, you want it all. <laughs> I want to see regular season Mountain West tournament national championships. So do they. But again, if if I have to pick, that's why I'm not willing to go off the rocker. And not that Kevin, not that you are, I'm not going to go lose sleep right now that they're five and three and Utah State is one loss in the league. That's not my primary focus. Maybe in six games, if they're one back with four to play, that's my primary focus. Right now, I just want to see them get bounced back and beat Utah State. That's all I care about, no matter what it means for the regular season standings. All right, I'm going to get two more, then I'm out. Um, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I probably should get home. She's sleeping. Um, yeah, I mean, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, Adam. I think it's a fair point. Like when you start talking seating, I mean, nobody, there's no Mount West lock for the NCAA tournament. That includes San Diego state includes New Mexico. There's work to be done. So I'm not going to also lose sleep yet over, Seeding and bracketology. It'll play out. Um, there's work to be done for all of these teams, including San Diego State. Um, uh, but to fast forward and be like you're in an 8-9 as opposed to a 710 or a 6'11 or a 512, too early. Too early, that can change in a week, one way or the other, um, is what I would say. And I don't think this really has changed much losing on the road at Colorado State here tonight from a bracketology perspective. Um all right, thank you, Miguel. Before we go, this is what I was looking for. Okay, he says average minutes played in conference, Saunders 19.5, Powell 16.5, Bird 14.9, Heidi 7.5. Thank you. Okay, that that maybe deserves conversation. That We can go anywhere you want with that. But that's a lot closer than what I was talking about, where Pal and Saunders minutes are pretty comparable, right? That's pretty comparable. Much more comparable in league than out of league is my point. And maybe that continues to trend that way, maybe not. But we'll find out. But thank you, Miguel, for doing – for running the numbers. Really do appreciate it. Guys, thank you for hanging out. Again, not the result anyone was looking for. Hoping to steal a game at Colorado State. Didn't happen tonight. Now we'll see if the Aztecs can bounce back Saturday at 1230 against Utah State. If you're here live or on replay, please subscribe. Year-round on content for Aztec fans. Simple as that. Please tell someone about the channel. Uh, The more the merrier. The more content I'll provide with the more people we're able to get here. So please – Tell someone to tell someone, um, and please promote the work we're doing here. The Wrap Up Show presented by Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. Smash the like button for me if you wouldn't mind. You can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer, J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. Appreciate the super chats, super thanks if you're here on replay. Really do appreciate those as well, and thank you for your memberships. You can click Join down below. Join me tomorrow on the radio, three to six, San Diego Sports seven sixty. Also on the free iHeart Radio app. Much more for you on the Wrap Up Show over the course of the weekend. Hopefully as well. And a big one Saturday, Aztecs and Aggies from Viejas. 1230 is the tip time. Get there early and be loud. You guys are terrific. Thank you. Until next time, my name is John Schaefer. This has been The Wrap-Up Show, presented by Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. Thanks, guys.
0: new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in Washington DC
1: Wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it
2: I got a huge assist from Grammarly